welcome to post-apocalyptic this is rob this is john i was thinking about our post-apocalyptic title now that we have had election seems like uh, mm. probably misleading oh <laughs> but You're right. uh, don't worry we're um very appropriate for two podcast. uh two liberal snowflakes podcasting from our ivory tower here <laughs> there you uh, go <laughs> uh <laughs> like the imagery yeah exactly first things uh first of course uh big news uh, Polly shore turned 49 oh man Polly shore 49 that kind of like, blew my mind for, i can't even imagine him as a 50 year old man like right now it seems okay he's still pulling the little wheeze with his backwards hat and stuff but right I guess it doesn't really matter. Tom Cruise looks amazing. Like, yeah, you're but right. But he's also not trying to be the weasel. He's also Tom Cruise. I mean, we are talking about <laughs> yeah, <exactly. Paul> Shore. <laughs> you know. Yeah, at what point or what age do you stop doing the weasel? I mean, I don't know if you have to stop, but does it get sad at a certain point in your life? It's one thing if he was just signing autographs somewhere and like, I'm the weasel. Yeah, yeah, and then course. just signing autographs. But I think he's just doing it because that's who he is. And it's like, yeah, it's what people know me for. Yeah. It's his greatest hit. He pulls it out like that's his encore. Yeah. It's like his... at a stand up and he just comes back, hey, and the weasel. And then people are happy. <laughs> it's like his dynamite. You yeah. know, it's, it's just like, yeah, I got to do it because people know me for it. You know, everyone's like, why is he walking off stage? Oh, right. I had dynamite. Yeah. And then he just walks <laughs> I think he like refused. To say it, you know, after a certain point, because he's like, yeah, everybody wants me to say it. So I'm not saying it. Like, a principle, on principle, I don't say it. And then I don't know if he got much. I know he's like a Republican, and he's like he's a comedian. I mean, he was a comedian before, but it's like, I guess we were like, dude, do you realize that's what people wanted? Like, now, without that, I, I don't know. What that's all you had. <laughs> we got, you know, like the Gary Comans, which you talking about Willis. Right. Of course, he stopped that too, and that was a big annoyance for him. But like, that's that's what the people want. That's that's our society. Yeah, yeah the catchphrase. Yeah. But it's weird. I guess at that time, that was all they were doing. It was hard for them to get outside that one limelight because if you went on, I guess Johnny Carson. Of course, mm. you had to say it because you were the cute kid right. at the time. But then he didn't really follow anything up. Yeah, I think that's the key. If you have a follow up, that can kind of die down, and maybe in a year or two, it's like, oh, here's some of your earlier work. Oh yeah, what you talking about, Johnny Carson? Ah, and you can move on. Now it just seems like, do it, monkey, dance. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's what it was all about back then. Was a catchphrase. It was like, I gotta get a catchphrase. Like if you had a catchphrase, that was big, and you could sort of live off of a catchphrase. Now, like you said. You have to keep churning out some sort of content or something to where you have a body of work instead of like that one catchphrase, that one TV show or whatever. Is there a catchphrase now? Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know of one now. That's the thing. I guess I, I think that's weird because we're uh, like at work every so often someone will be like, oh, have you started whatever, like on Netflix? I'm going to say Santa Clarita Diet because it's the only thing I've seen a billboard for. I think it actually just came out. No, I haven't gotten around to that. Are you watching that? No, I haven't gotten around. Like, either you haven't gotten around to it or you've already bailed. Yeah. Like, oh, did you watch Game of Thrones? You know what? Missed out on that one. I'm just going to let that one slide. Yeah. But now I think because there's no one's equally watching one thing anymore. That's like, true. Yeah, everyone will get all hyped. Oh, my God, Breaking Bad. But everyone got into it at a different time. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with uh, obviously Dynamite and um, different strokes, it's like you—that was what you watched. Everyone could agree because all twenty-three million yeah, people or whatever right. watched it, and it was just like, "That's oh my true God. too." Yeah, 
Now, now there's the only catchphrase I can think of is a guy who doesn't really need one. Uh, Larry David's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good, right. which is like for Curb fans, they know. But I don't know if you could go around to people. I don't know if enough people know it right? to where it's like catches on, um, like you said, where everyone is sort of glued to a TV set at a certain time every week. Well, and that's the thing. I don't think he was saying it with the nod to the crowd. It's not like it was in every episode, and it, the writing was no, almost true. written for right. that. That's it's true. Like, that's all true. Right, it wasn't going to be the build-up point for him to bust out a dynamite, and then just uh, we'll tuck it back under. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's it. It would have to be. I guess the last phenomenon would have been. It seemed like everyone was watching Modern Family. Yeah. Blackish, and there's like one other one I hear the most people talking about, mm-hmm. but I don't think they need a catchphrase no and and they and they don't and you know digital so we were talking about digital earlier there's just so much content out there and so many ways for you to consume it that you know you don't really need that sort of thing that sort of hook Mm -hmm. the hook is the thing the platform you know you got your surface or whatever where you can Thank you, Microsoft. Yeah, thank you, Microsoft. <laughs> where you can see that's yeah. a catchphrase. Just yeah. shove that in there. Um, where you can, at your fingertips, just oh, I want to watch uh, Breaking Bad now. I want to watch Game of Thrones or whatever. It's like you're drawn to it because it's like right there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's not going to be like a catchphrase. Now you and I can like reminisce about a catchphrase. Oh, and then recall things. Yeah. But Game of Thrones. If I say, Hey, did you see Game of Thrones? Did you say no? Let me start now. Yeah. And you can. Right. You know, it's 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 interesting. The whole model, you know, where it just sort of blows up the fall season and mm. the, you know, um, ensuing summer season of television. It's like, no, it's like I want to watch something now, and that's how I want to consume it whenever I want to. Yeah. You know, I mean, the whole big thing about it was first they were, they were like didn't know what to do with the digital uh, platform because they were like we don't know how to monetize it. Yeah. And now it's like the ratings are still so antiquated that it's about like who watches, mostly about who watches television mm-hmm. as opposed to who watches it. It's changing, but who watches it digitally? Mm-hmm. And I think you and I agree that there's a lot more weight on digital platforms and on demand platforms in it than there is to like, you know, a live show. There's no more really appointment television right. because you can always watch it at any time. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you, you know, like if you don't watch it the way that they want you to watch it or the traditional way. Right. So I can still, this is like when Family Guy got, you know, canceled twice, two or three times, you know, and came back. It's because, oh, wow, DVD sales, people actually are, they're not watching it on television, but they are consuming it in some way because look at these sales yeah there's a demand look at the demand for it so trying to find like a, a metric to where you can uh, figure out who's consuming what you know is, is i think increasingly hard with like the digital platform but i think that's the beauty of it so it's you know it's it's, it's trying to figure it out well yeah because like even last night i came home from work i watched caught up on the daily show on hulu via the hulu app then I went to CW to watch Arrow. Invested time. That's why yeah. I watch Arrow. Look, it's a good show. I've just invested time now. Yeah. And then I caught up on a couple web shows on YouTube. I literally, I have cross-platformed to everything. And it was just yeah. one of those things. It's like, it's not even a an afterthought. 
It mm-hmm. was just like, oh, uh, yeah, Daily Show. I wanted to watch Daily Show. And then I, I turned on the TV, but I didn't do anything TV related. I don't know what's on Friday nights. Couldn't tell you. Right. I have no idea. I, I might even be watching a show on Friday night on a different night. I just don't know if it's on Friday. Right. And it was so weird to like, now that I actually, I actually go, oh, right, there's that new thing on YouTube I need to go watch, which is a thing I never thought I would say other than, hey, did you see Star Wars Kid? And it's like, oh, got to yeah. go to YouTube and watch the Star Wars Kid as right. opposed to, I got to watch this web series now or this episodic or whatever the, you know, this one guy has new content. It's like, oh, I better go watch new content. Right. Yeah. I, I don't work in TV. You work in TV, but I just don't watch TV like the traditional way anymore. I don't hardly even turn on my TV much unless I'm watching, you know, a movie mm-hmm. or there's something I want to feed from my computer to my TV. But, you know, it just doesn't like I want to watch what I want to watch when I want to watch it and that's how I consume stuff you know and I may know what if I'm watching it as the season is progressing I may want to know when uh, the show is on because I'm like okay then there's a new one Sunday so like after Sunday then I can on demand it or something yeah it'll be like oh now on Sunday night I can watch these two shows new because they aired at some time between Monday to Saturday. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, you just like figure out when you can watch it yeah. on demand. Not actually when you can watch that show. And that's really the only reason why you watch it. Uh, it's, it's, it's changed the game. Unless you so see much. some random billboard. It's like, hey, Modern Family, this Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, are you still on Tuesday? Okay. Uh, good for them, I yeah. guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, I don't know, like ratings wise and stuff like that i just don't like because you and i work in television so if you're doing a show where i haven't really done a show where it's been you know live where where every week we're delivering shows that's going to air right you know um the next week i've always like not always but recently i've only done shows that where we put them all in a can and just send them up right which i like because the stress of you know did we how do we do in the ratings yeah you know, I got tired of that real quick, especially early on when it's like you come to work and like, I don't know, the writers are kind of, you know, closed mouth. Yeah, when you, all of a sudden you realize you might lose your job in a week because no yeah. one watched. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't like this aspect exactly. of TV. And yeah, the, the show I'm on now like is the first time we've delivered most of the ones that have already been airing. We have like one more to go. So it was comfort level. I'm not yeah. chasing air dates by any means. But it's the first show I've been around that we've aired. And it's weird. It's been like three or four years since I've had that because my last couple shows it was either Netflix or what was after uh, before the Netflix one? Oh, it was a it was another cable show where mm-hmm. everything had to be delivered. I think we delivered our last one when the first one was airing, so it didn't matter. It's like if no one watched it, I didn't care. I got I'm gonna finish. But it is weird to watch the ratings and be kind of involved where I'm not too worried about losing the job because these 10 have already aired and I have another 10 to shoot. So it's like, I don't think it'll really affect the the back 10 because they've already spent the money. Yeah. It's like, we're well, we've already, we're invested. But it is weird just every week, oh my God, what's the ratings? Like I do it that next day. I'm like looking at all the sites yeah. and, but we're cable. So I have to wait like midday uh, for yeah. the, the cable ones. And then you just kind of go down and you're just like, oh, I didn't know they rated sports talk shows. <laughs> and I can't believe they do better than our show. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's such an antiquated system. Like the, I guess they don't do Nielsen boxes in L.A. just because people are in the industry. I don't know. I think I've 
gotten a couple of notices in the mail to say, you know, do you want to be a Nielsen? Oh, wow. Uh, family. I think that, I don't know why they sent them to me because I don't think I'm eligible in oh, that God. area. So they just send them randomly. But it's just, I, but I've never known anyone to be a Nielsen family. Like, I don't yeah. know who these people are. It almost are. seems like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Fake news. Exactly. <laughs> it's fake news. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so puzzled by the whole thing. And, you know, one person equals, you know, or one family equals like a thousand people or something like that. I don't know how they came across that. It it, Probably that matrix worked when there was four channels and primetime. Right. It's like, oh, we can gauge based on the cross section. It's like these numbers work now. But I don't know how they check numbers on like, you know, a USA. I mean, I know they have, I do know how they know because everyone has a cable box of some way. You can just get raw data. There's someone that knows how many eyes or how many people are on that channel. Yeah. So I definitely think the Nielsen can probably just go away because I definitely know you can probably get raw data. Like, are those people tuning into your show? That I don't know if they know. Like, they would then have to go, oh, more people clicked a USA at 10 or whenever your show or eight or whatever than we're watching it before. But you could probably have, like, people probably have USA on all day at an office. Yeah, we just leave it on in the background. Like, uh, if I go to the laundromat, which I've been to. Yeah. They just keep TBS on or whatever the sci-fi. Yeah. Sci-fi on all day. True. So it's, I mean, does that mean that's better? Everything is, it's so digital now. They have to know, like, through switchers and cable companies. Even if they're not taking your personal information, it's like, how many things were on? I feel like they would know, like, what's on what channel. Yeah. You know. So I wonder if there's any because of the Nielsen thing, I wonder if they do that because back in the day I don't know if you could feed something into each box. A privacy issue as to like what I'm watching mm-hmm. at a certain point. Like if there's an issue like they would know what you're watching yeah because that's definitely they know you because they're giving you a box yeah because that was also too i remember like before the cable box wherever you live they just did a switch or whatever that was before all the hbos and stuff where they turned cable on into your house right or your apartment or whatever and it was still just the cord the coax that came out of the wall so they didn't really know they were just pushing here's channels right here's, here's just waves that you can turn to nielsen then you took that cable, popped it in, ran one to your TV, and then they know you. They know John is watching. Yeah, and I think that that's it's such an antiquated thing. Like years ago, I was talking to someone who um, maybe it was a TV seminar, and um, he had done a lot of TV throughout the years, and he was just saying that Nielsen. This was, I mean, long time ago. He said the Nielsen Nielsen metric is very antiquated but it's still used to this day because they just don't know or can't settle on an alternative Mm -hmm. this is sort of a saving grace for the networks because this is what they base you know their uh ad buys off of but if they really got really detailed about it and were really accurate about it it does not represent who's really watching and so their revenue would go down yeah so i think that they're lobbying the networks are lobbying to fight any sort of departure from the nielsen ratings because you know their revenue would go down i get but they just then need to figure out a better system then they need to hook up with cable companies and stuff like that going we want raw data yeah we don't care who that would almost be how they would have to third party it because in theory like attu verse or warner or whatever their boxes know if you're going to record a certain show. Like, you hit record, right. it knows it has to record. It can then send ping 
information. It's like, oh, they recorded House Hunters at 10. Even if it was a repeat, that's a number. Mm -hmm. And then they could just give the raw data to Nielsen as opposed to, I guess that's why you wouldn't do the cable company because then they could just break down, oh, John's recording House Hunters again. You yeah. know, then this would just be, look, here's raw data. And then Nielsen can go, oh, my God, this is great. I can actually, maybe they don't get everyone's because then who wants 5,000? You know, yeah. of that. So, but they could probably do. Oh, we do a sampling of a hundred people per city. It's like, oh wow, that's even better than your one box per city. Right. It's like, ah, oh, we extrapolate. Exactly. And I think it was. I don't know if it was one box equals ten thousand or something like that. But it was just like it was something ridiculous. How does that even? You know. Oh, every time any kind of data comes out like oh there were 150,000 people at the inauguration or mm-hmm. it was 1. 5, 5 million, million you mean yeah 5 million <laughs> uh sorry <laughs> i mean yeah 5 million people uh who all voted legally yeah um you go oh wow that's cool but you like how do, how do you really know like and what if that no, person went out that like no the kid count. their kid has a school play <clears> so they miss uh, welcome back, Carter. I don't know why we we're just talking about seventy shows. But yeah. <laughs> welcome back, Carter. They missed that, and then all of a sudden, it looks like wow, no one watched this week because if they're taking that one box per ten thousand, doesn't mean there's other ones. But it's right. like wow, it took a serious dip in L.A. County. Right. Like oh wow, I guess the show's not doing well. No, the guy had something to do. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't turn his TV on that night. Has a life outside of television, or does um, he just feel obligated? I really like the show. I better just leave the box and TV right, exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hit it um, and leave. <laughs> Hit and leave like automating yeah. your Nielsen box so that they know. You just hire a babysitter. Yeah. But you you're taking your kids yeah. with you. It's like look, eight o'clock, go to ABC, I wanna watch that show. Eight thirty, go to CBS, I wanna watch that. These are the shows you have to watch. You're paying some kid ten dollars. Yeah. I just wanna make sure everyone knows the numbers. I don't know if it's enough for a full movie, but it could be either a storyline, it could be a short, it could be a digital short. Okay. Of someone trying to hack the <laughs> Nielsen box to, to skew ratings in it, I don't. But I don't know what the motivation it would, would be. be for the showrunner, yeah, knows someone that has. There you go. Or, or the creator of it knows someone who has a Nielsen box, and, and then he gets them. like in, a sort of insider trade. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like just newly divorced, you know, needs the money. You know. like, this thing has to be a hit. Exactly. <laughs> He's got that Nielsen box. He's just hunting down every Nielsen box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so does. what are you doing Tuesdays at 8? Yeah. <laughs> Can I interest you in a TV show? He hooks up with... Oh, man, this is becoming... See, this is how it works. Yeah, this is how it works. Hooks up with Cameron, because, you know, Cameron's big on just inventing stuff that yeah. doesn't exist. He can hook up with Cameron to invent, like, this... Uh, Nielsen hack, which you know gets his gets his show, and somehow maybe feed into other Nielsen boxes to like switch. Yeah, get someone to break into houses, put a little like a little box. Yeah, eight o'clock, go. Yeah, just exactly. It doesn't change their feed. Yeah, it doesn't the change box. their feed, but the box is Sends feeding. The yeah. Signal. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, speaking of James Cameron, he finished writing Avatar Five. You're kidding. He did it. He said he put the pencil down. He actually said pencil down. He said the pencil. And it's probably a pencil. It's probably like an old school, sharp, you know. Poor, like the poor person. Here's my 12 legal pads. You know it is. Type up this uh, script for me. You know that's what it is. (laughs) But he said it was funny because I don't know why it made me laugh was the fact that he touted that he finished it. And they're going into production to Avatar 2 this summer. Which like, sure. I mean, you've been saying that for 
three years. Yeah. But he's like, ugh, writing's the worst part of this job. Wait, you you want us to see your movies? Why? <laughs> I get it. Like, I'd understand, like, yeah. completing writing and stuff like that, because it can be a challenge if you get stuck in writing. But he just made an overall statement, like, he hates writing, but he has to be the one that writes these movies. It's like, no, you can hire people. They do that. Yeah. You, right. You're James Cameron. They'll let you hire someone. And Pitch your one dumb thing and let the writers uh, deal with it. But he, he, you know, he won't do that for sure. No, I got to tell this story. People got to understand <laughs> where the Navi are coming from and the tree of life. And so does that mean two through five are done? No, he just said he finished five. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wrote the end. I'm going to work backwards from here. Because it's almost like unbelievable that he can finish like the fifth one. Like, well, I mean, if he's going into production on two, you know, and I think he wants to shoot them all back to back. That's right. I think you did tell me that. But what's weird about that is like if you just put pencils down and you're going into production now, but maybe that five doesn't relate to lot to two. So he can use the actors and everything and mo- motion capture two and three while he's shooting. And then all of a sudden you finish two, then you're finishing three and you're starting four. Yeah. Well, then- I mean, there's there's probably a lot of that. But do you think he's one of those, you know, uh, likes to segregate his food on the plate? It's like, look, I, I can't do anything in production until i finish writing and i'm the guy who's doing the writing no one else is doing the writing so i have to finish that before i do this before i before i eat my you know mashed potatoes or whatever i have to do it this way because first of all he can he can do whatever he wants right but it's like uh i put the pencil down now we can start production oh yeah he's definitely all right now my genius can be focused on to that and it's like oh no yeah and then he, um, they announced because I think the Terminator rights start are going to revert back to him. He wants to be, oh, as, really? as he said, a godfather. It's like sure to the next one because he wants to sort of help out the next one or whatever. But he doesn't want to be involved with it because he's in the Avatar business, as he said. But he said he'll advise. Okay. I guess they want to get the guy that directed Deadpool to do it. Okay. But it's that thing of like, just let it. You you told us how great Genesis was supposed to be. Like he, you know, came out and it's like, I'm on board with this one. So maybe I don't need a Terminator <laughs> movie from you. Right. Um, what, what do you think? Are you, are you hurting for one or what? Uh... I, I like the idea of that franchise. Okay. I just need to think, I think they just need to stop going back to Arnold and who I think he was the key in one and two. It's like you needed Arnold for that film. But when Salvation came out, which was Christian Bale and um... Robert Patrick. No, no, that was a. Uh... That was that two. Was two. Uh, it, was, um, um, it was Christian Bale and that uh, Australian guy that's in Avatar. Uh, Sam Worthington? Yeah, Sam Worthington. Yeah. So that was interesting. Like, I like the idea that they went, look, we're going to do something new. Here it is. Yeah. But I think, and Genesis had, Genesis' downfall was the fact that there, no one had chemistry. The two leads were terrible. Okay. You know, it, I didn't... I, you haven't, seen, seen you haven't seen Genesis? Oh, wow. Good ideas, but of course they bring Arnold back. I need to run out and see it after that. Yeah, you need to uh, uh, run out and see. They do some time traveling. Um, I think the problem was that they cast the girl from Game of Thrones, who I don't know, uh, Emily Clark. Emily Clark played um, Sarah Connor. Oddly, though, it was weird. Everyone's like, she's too young. She's too young. She was actually the same age as Lim- Linda Hamilton was in the first Terminator. But oh. young looks young now. Like in the 80s, everyone looked older right and then they got uh oh, what's his face jock courtney for kyle reese who was michael bean in the first one and jock courtney's about six five and just all muscles yeah and kyle reese was you know michael bean five eight 
no muscles. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to try to be close, be close. And those two had zero. It was almost like they cast them. It's like, oh, it'll be fine once we start shooting. <laughs> and it was like, oh, you guys are the key. Genesis greatest thing was that they retold the same story with the spin so you start off at that same moment the first one starts off where uh, Kyle Reese is dropped he's there to save Sarah Connor but the twist is that someone went back before them so the timeline skewed so you're re-watching the first Terminator and then the timeline skews from there so it's like oh wow this is really interesting because you have an old Terminator which is Arnold Schwarzenegger gray because it's that thing they just kept figuring out well we'll go back again so Arnold's lived through the whole moment waiting for his version of the Terminator from the first one to appear then he mm-hmm. kills him it's like oh my god this is really cool then for some reason they build a time machine and jump to 2017 and then it kind of kind of takes it takes yeah. it downhill from there because all of a sudden it's like wait you guys can just time travel i i accepted the future to past time travel but the fact that arnold just could build a time machine to get them from 84 to 2017 i was like okay i think i'm out now yeah <laughs> that was that that was the thing because wow <clears throat> i think it was explained that timelines were merging because uh kyle reese went from what is it 2029 i don't remember anymore (laughs) to 84 then 84 to 2017 and that so his brain was sort of melding on things he couldn't remember so it was like i think we have to go to 2017 and stop the genesis program so that's why and then i was like why are we time traveling again why is arnold in this why i think they should just move on with the story like just build from there because that was the whole thing was on with salvation did you see salvation I did. They ended it by going, we have to go to Europe or something mm-hmm. to, you know, stop the next wave of terms. It's like, oh, wow, I can't wait to see that one. And then Christian Bale had a rant, and apparently no one saw the film. <laughs> <laughs> As he tends to do. Doesn't take much to knock down a film. And it's weird, like, now, some things, like, that seems like, how, could, how did that affect box office? He was yelling at the DP, and then people didn't want to see the film. Yeah, that was a big, big blow up too that whole public blow up you yeah know, the whole dp christian bale thing and I, just, I still don't know if i completely understand it it's probably one of those things that started out small and who maybe people <clears throat> around him thought eh, it's just you know this this is really nothing i mean what could christian bale have yeah. against the dp other than like you know you're not making me look right. the way i want to be uh looking which is weird because Christian Bale, as the years have gone on, he's looking pretty like pretty rough, pretty gritty, and yeah. I think he kind of likes as an actor, kind of likes that um, very methody. Yeah. So I don't know wh- what it was, but I'm sure it was to him, it was a big deal, and yeah. then it just sort of blew up after that. Well, and I know with that there was a lot of night. Who knows? They were probably maybe on their fourth night yeah. of shooting. He's uh, there was I, you know, there's rain. He's always wet. And then, you know, I think what it was is from the rant I remember was that the DP was, they were like rehearsing or something and he was changing lights and then it distracted Christian Bale from his performance. And it's like, because you know, Christian Bale thinks he's probably, no, I'm John Connor. No, you're Christian Bale. (laughs) But like, he probably gets into it like, um, was it Daniel Day-Lewis? Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. No, everyone has to dress like it's 1850 and no one can use cell phones, except you can use the cameras because that's movies. And you're like, "Uh, okay, you're stupid. Yeah. It could have been like tired. And when I'm not forgiving, he yelled at him, but it wasn't bad. He was just mad. And it's like, I get it. I get after, you know, you work on pilots after the fifth day of 18 to 20 hours, kind of irritable. Right. Cranky. You just want to be left alone. You're like, is this even going anywhere? This is terrible. Yeah. yeah, and you're not the person that 
it's relying on. So it's like he's on maybe his third night, wet, right, cold. And it's like, and all of a sudden he's like, all right, I just want to shoot this scene, and then one little thing. It could have been craft service, right? Exactly. Why is the coffee medium? <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, oh, great. <laughs> Everything has to be absolutely perfect. You yeah. have to cater to him. Yeah, I knew uh, someone who, it's a director who would like view in his line of sight while he was rehearsing, just in this line of sight, mm-hmm. pissed, would just go ballistic. So you couldn't even be anywhere near oh. the rehearsal space. I mean, of course, you know, on a set, rehearsal space is going to be wherever it's going to be. Right. When that happens, get out. Yeah. Get out of the way. Um, like, if he sees you, I don't know if there's going to be firing, but... You know, he just but how weird! It's like, how'd you get fired? I was in his line of sight. Yeah. Oh, what'd you do? Did you block him or something? No, no, he saw me. Yeah, I yeah. happened to look up. We made eye contact, yeah. and I was fired. <laughs> I was done. I mean, speaking of that, like you know, you've heard the stories. Never heard the stories. I've never been on the set. I've been close to a set where this happened, mm. where it was like, oh, uh, there's a memo out on set that says if you look the lead actor in the eye. Or if you talk to him, if you do, if, please don't talk to him. <laughs> but if you must talk to him. Like if you have to. If yeah. you're in that situation yeah. where it, you're, right. don't go out of your way to talk to him. Right. But if he's standing next to you and he's asking you something. Yeah. Talk to him. Yeah, and like, it's for work. <clears throat> yeah. And he's like, you know, you're a costume or something. He's at, then you, okay, of course you can go mm-hmm. ahead and talk to him. Otherwise, don't. But if you do, mm-hmm. you must address this person. I'm not going to say it. You must. I'll tell you off. Okay. <laughs> you must address this person as Mr. So-and-so. Oh, okay. And it was like a friend of mine who was working on the show. And they came <laughs> over to the stage that we were on and said, yeah, this just happened. I was like, I, 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 are, you, are you kidding me? Wow. And it was like, the actor was like, I mean, no, he... He was, you know, he was big back in the day, but not, you know, today. Yeah. But, I mean, he has clout, so, yes, you can, you know, there's some baggage, there's some things that come with you. Yeah. Uh, but, like, at that time, it was even years ago, but at that time, I was like, what, today, these days, are we really doing this? It's like, okay, but what if you don't do that? Like, are you fired? Why well, I didn't call it, I didn't dress the person as yeah. this or that, and I looked at him. And it's like, is that... How do you go to HR with that? Well, you know, he well, looked at me in his writer. I mean, clearly, it's written in his writer, so... Right. It's like, he looked you in the eye. Oh, is that is that really a grounds for... I mean, it's like... And, you know, they're just like, sorry, there's nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Good luck on the next show. Sorry. How yeah. is that a post house... Uh, I'll, I'll name names because I don't even know the person. Steve Perry from Journey, uh-huh. uh, one of the lead, or the one I guess one of the original lead singers of, right. of Journey. He was there working on either a documentary or a music video or something. And this was ten years ago. Wait, we're in 2017. It was like 12 years ago. <laughs> and they were telling us they're like, oh, uh, Steve Perry's in the building. It's like, oh my god, you know, Journey. I'm not a Journey fan, but I remember growing up just Steve Perry. They're like. We already got the memo from his people. You can't look at him. It's like, well, how do you not? Like, if you're walking down, oh, there he is. I've already looked at him because I know he's right. in the hall. But I was like, you're kidding me. I go, and this is, what, 2005. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been in Journey since 1990 or something, yeah. like, or whatever. Like, I don't know what the, the fall, I mean, he went back and he's kind of been back and forth. But he stopped being in Journey for a long time. And I was like, 
Uh, no. If I see him, I'm not going to say hi to him because I don't care, but it's like I'm not going to avoid. It wasn't to all the clients because I was a client at Technicolor, but it was just like, no, we got the memo. We're not allowed to look at him. I was like, oh, can I come there and just stare at him? <laughs> I don't work here. Right. And she exactly. Because <laughs> like you're saying, it's like imagine awesome. that like we'll go back to Polly Shore. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy um, birthday. Imagine like in the weasel days, like, I mean, we're talking, you know, in the army now, like 94 or something like that. He's yeah. at the top of his game. And that's the thing. And it's like, you got fired because you didn't call him Mr. Shore. Yeah. And then now, to retrospect, look back on it going, really? Right. When that time I got fired from Polly Shore? And then people now going, why would Polly Shore fire? Well, no, he was really, really big at the time. You right. Know, he was number one. Yeah, it was. it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, even... Even being number one, I don't understand. If they said something like, you know, you must address Tom Cruise as, you know, Mr. Cruise, like if you have to talk to him. And I'm sure there's some sort of yeah something about him, like don't talk to him about Scientology unless it's going to be a, you know, positive. Because he'll talk to you about yeah, it. Exactly. You don't have to bring it up. He you don't will bring it up. You don't have to bring it up. It's like the library's on set. You yeah. go read the books. This is that whole behavior is something that, I don't know why, but if they said, you know, actors in like the 50s or the 40s did that, then I'd be like, um, okay. But like today, it's like, why would you like, don't look at him in the eye? Well, and especially I don't now, look at him. Like we, we both work on set so we can actually talk about this. Like you generally respect the people that are on the set anyways. Like, yeah. I mean, I've been on shows where it's like, oh, my God, I love this guest actor or something like that. But I'm still I'll talk to him. I might say hi or something, but I'm not going to harass. And most people know most people there. Most people don't realize this elitist job that we have, this Hollywood job. It's still just a job. Yeah. Like, I'm not there. It's like, oh, my God, it's, you know, Ed O'Neill, my modern family. No one cares. You get on the show and you're happy. You like the people that are on the show. I don't care. Like, I'm just there to do my job. Yeah. I'm if I'm talking to that person, it's probably because I'm standing next to that actor. Happen to be standing next to that actor. Right. I'm not going to go out of my way to talk to anyone. And if I'm there, it's like, I don't even know. Like, I guess if they said, oh, you have to say Mr. Cruz. All right, sure. But I'm probably not going to go out of my way to talk to him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, there have been some actors where, you know, I I didn't really have, I have to go to my way because the set's so small. It was like, there was like standing next to me mm-hmm. or we're at the craft services I mean if, invariably you're gonna like talk to them or run into yeah. them I I mean I, I like that aspect of it um, but I've never been one to be sort of afraid of actors mm-hmm. or cause they're just you know they're just people and I'm not really a fanboy of too many people right there was one um one time I was working on a show in, in 05. I think everything happens yeah, in 05. 05, but yet all our TV references are going to be from yeah. 1970. So. <laughs> John Legend was the oh. guest star uh, playing himself. Of course. I asked to go during that time just to go down to set mm-hmm. and just be there and just watch him because he's playing the piano and everything. Huh. But the directive you know, to everyone uh, on set was don't you know, talk to him will get you autographs but like you're gonna have to like submit what you want autographed and we'll have a pile wow. and then like he'll yeah autograph the things after okay which is fine but it's like well it's like I, I want it from him it's like i and i'm not gonna be and i understand why yeah. you do this so that like everyone's not rushing him and yeah him. i don't know i was just like i'm not gonna do that yeah you know so i like quickly got friendly with his like security guard mm-hmm. 
very nice guy and uh and i was like hey you mind if i get a thing he's like yeah, sure <laughs> you know so i like caught him behind backstage or whatever it's like going to the bathroom or something. yeah his way back and i said hey can you sign this and he was so gracious so nice like yeah yeah sure sure no problem like none of the oh if he sees if he has anybody come up to him yeah. he'd be pissed that kind of thing i was very respectful like i got even clearance from his guy to yeah. do it and it was one of those things like i went back to the office and john, john was great like in between takes like mm-hmm. he would just play on the piano he would just like riff oh, on the wow. piano all the time and i was like this is amazing yeah so i went back to the office with my signed copy mm-hmm. and of course they go oh can you go back and get all these signed then you know because what what happened was i went and bought his new album the oh, okay. night before and they got it signed and then i went back to the office and of course our um producer's like you know what i'll give everyone some i'll give one of you guys some money you guys go out and buy copies of this album and then i'll have you know him sign it and i'm like so i bought the thing last night yeah okay and then they wanted me to go there because i like already had an end with that you're best friends now yeah and i'm like (laughs) wait a minute what was the plan though yeah i thought there was a plan for you guys to do this already now i'm the guy yeah so then i became the guy to get even autographs from our cast oh because some of the the i was a pa at the time yeah some of the pas were like i I don't know i can't talk to these actors i don't i wouldn't know what to say i'm like dude they're just people someone with a better job on this show than you exactly all it is much better (laughs) um and it was fun because you know most of them were just off the charts nice you know um and gracious well and they know that's part of what the job is now it's like even if it's not for production it could just be or like for the actual production it's like could be oh we need to get these autographed for promo or something like that you know because i i don't think i had to do it but i know there was a pa in our office on some shows i'm just gonna say 2005 it wasn't yeah just okay (laughs) continuity but it would go down and get like posters signed but it wasn't necessarily for us but it was like for vendors or for the studio and stuff like that so it's just part of the machine and maybe it was could have come down from John's manager. Like, look, he it probably came down as a John is more than happy to sign a stack of CDs or yeah photos if you have them. Just put them in the trailer. We'll sign them for you. I think that's and what then it, it was. Then yeah. it just came down to like, don't bother John about autographs. He only wants them in his yeah. trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably like dead on exactly what it was because I'm sure this wasn't the first his first rodeo so yeah. I'm sure maybe people had rushed him uh, before on some yeah. other thing and were like look this is how you need to proceed and do it which I get yeah you know but I just felt like dude it's, it's it was basically like a set a small set there's a few people around and you know it's not like I just went up to John and said it like hey mid take like hey, John, can you sign this real quick exactly. that'd be awesome <laughs> but I, I just i talked to his guy just to make it was just to make sure it was cool first mm-hmm. and it was and um and that's the way i did it i could tell there was no plan because when i went back to the oh can you get all these other things signed i'm <laughs> like oh now i'm the sign now i'm the autograph guy for john mm-hmm. legend but then it looks like well then i feel kind of bad for john it was like well, was this guy just signed really a fan or was he testing the water to sign things for other people? <laughs> exactly. Um, and I thought it was cool that like he addressed it to John from John. I thought that that was like, oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
it was cool. I got to process his uh, deal. No, you know, so I saw all this information. Yeah. And everything. Not giving that. I don't even remember the information, but it was. And like, if you did, like whatever twelve years ago was, it's not. Yeah. No. No. Not. Not at all. His name and obviously social security would be the same, but that's. I'm sure the cell phone's not even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, uh, John, remember that? Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah, people on set, no matter who they are, I remember there was Betty White. Mm-hmm. I have nothing but just great things to say about her. She came on. She was so good. But she's so, f- like, funny. And and it still, I don't know, it still, like, surprised me because she's, you know, was an older lady, but she was so sharp. Yeah. You know, I remember our uh, fellow PA coordinator, assistant coordinator, who just got a promotion. Mm-hmm. Like, in the day he got a promotion, he was in an accident. Mm-hmm. It, it was a it's a funny accent. He'll even laugh about it. Yeah. But like he couldn't be, he couldn't get his promotion that he was promised because right. he did that. So <laughs> that was the same week that Betty came to uh, guest star mm-hmm. on the show, and uh, he really, really wanted to to meet her. So uh, we went to her and said, you know, we got a guy. You know, he just went down, had an accident, and um, you know, he's out for like a few weeks so uh he won't be able to see you uh can you like send him a note or something? so they made some like the art department made something uh i think he broke his you know knee or something mm-hmm. he made like a leg or something and she wrote like a really funny message to mm-hmm. him in spanish oh because he was he was, he was oh okay and I was like, "Why does she know? Sp- Not only does she know Spanish, but she called him like she called him like an idiot or something. Yeah. Like, but but it was funny, like in Spanish. And it was like, wow, this this lady's probably my personal personal hero right now. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. And then you see her on set, and she's so nice, so gracious, and um, she likes to f- play around. She likes to joke with people. She was like." playing dead on set and the actor was like freaking out like he just killed Betty White <laughs> and she like opened her eyes and you know the dude was so red um, she's like but she's like also a very sweet lady very well quick. and she's now at her career where she doesn't have to do any of it so it's all fun now yeah like she's finally it's like oh I'm finally enjoying my life now totally for the and last 20 years that we she's been on Death Watch exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> I mean, she's so like vibrant. So that campaign to get her on Saturday Night Live, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like she should definitely be on Saturday Night Live. How has she not been? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it's uh, there are a few people like that. I'll I'll get around, but it, it is. It's like when you're in the once you get in, the initialness of actors kind of goes not away. It's like oh my god. Well, yeah, they are just people. I don't know why I didn't think anything else. It's like that. Was that Us magazine? They're just like us. They're pumping gas. You know, they have to show up to work like everything else. Right. And the show I'm currently on, it's like the six stars who are also the writers, I have to talk or text to every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that is just my job. I have to talk to them or see them every day. And then you just sort of forget. Then when I watch the show, now that it's on live, it's like, oh, yeah, I talk to those. I know them. Right. Like, it seems so almost separated. If I'm watching it at home, it's like, those people seem cool. Oh, yeah, I see them all the time. They're actually texting me right now because they have a question, you know. I did Dick Van Dyke special. 2005, for the love of God, I don't know why everything's (laughs) 2005. Uh, It was, you just mentioned Betty White, and that was weird because it was like, oh, my God. And also around that same time I did, I don't know why I was doing specials. I think it was P-Talk. Uh, mm-hmm. This line producer did all of them. I did a Brady Bunch special too, yeah. and but it was weird. The Mary Tyler Moore was 
45th. It was a, it was a number where it was like, you know, an anniversary episode. It was just sort of like one of those, what are they doing now? Sort of. It was that weird thing where it was mostly a flashback episode. Yeah. Of course. It was, what are they doing now? But they were also playing their character. So they actually wrote a little scene almost. So it was like Carl Reiner, I think, wrote it. So, but it, it was mm-hmm. really cool. It was like the Brady Bunch was just a big sit down. But with that, it was like, oh my God, it's Dick Van Dyke. It's Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Even though I talked to them a little bit, like, oh, hey, I'm the post guy, right. I call you in about a week, you know? It was weird how, like, that hits. And I think it's probably that growing up thing. Like, now I'm just working with people that I see all the time. And then it'll have to be that peppered in, like a Betty White. Like, if I was on show them all now and it's like oh betty white's gonna be there yeah i think i'll go to set that day because you just want to be around and see that person Mm -hmm. where when you're just normally on a show you just kind of don't it's like i don't care you're just yeah you're cool i'm happy for you but it has to be i feel like it's just sort of maybe what you grew up on like if dynamite came on yeah i gotta go to set maybe he'll say it for me (laughs) for a price he will say it imagine trying to get that out of so yeah just whisper it in my ear yeah i don't mind Oh, thank you. I can die now. Wow. But I think that's what it is. It was like the looking in the eye just seems weird. I don't know. I mean, I get it, I guess. It just seemed, I guess when you're around people all the time that are the actors, it's like, I wonder if you'll be that person. If this show keeps doing well, are you going to be the one I can't? I can't look you in the eye anymore. Even yeah, and that's it's kind of like a comment from writers made, you know, in a pilot I did, and I've done many of them. That didn't go. They were like, oh, these these guys aren't going to, like, if this thing goes, they're not going to talk to us next season. Or, like, the season after that, they won't. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I had a friend who edited, or assistant edited, but they ended up editing a pretty big one hour that's mm-hmm. still on the air. Um uh, and it was like the cast was in the beginning cool yep. everybody was cool everybody sort of like hung out like talking to the crew doing everything <laughs> and then the show was a huge hit and then season two completely different <sighs> you know and everybody was just too bo- couldn't be bothered you yeah. know with anything and it was like that's that's what happens yeah and I get it it's, it's the people they surround themselves with how much they let it become their ego yeah because i've been on hit shows doesn't affect me i don't i mean once again i'm not an actor but it's like oh weird to be on a show that's a hit it's like yeah it gets me nothing extra in my life yeah literally i'm just still go to the bank still go get a coffee no one cares but for them all of a sudden it's just oh you're the best you're the best dynamite you know (laughs) yeah and it's just like or it's that show that you go hey i work on this show oh my god i love that show and you go Yeah, that's probably the only thing I like is if I'm on a show that people have seen, I don't have to explain what the show is I'm on. And then they go into it and you're like, okay, well, I guess people watch this show. And then you're like, all right, but it's just my job. I just, it's someplace where I just go to. I'm just happy this is going to go all the way to the end. I'm not going to get fired because the ratings went low. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's it's like, how can I continue this paycheck? It's, It's all you really care about. It's not like oh, wow, this is a hit show. You must be really uh, excited to work on it. You're like, yeah, I'm excited to have a paycheck that is going, but yeah. I think you and I are past the point where it's like, oh, my God, I got to get on that show. It's like, yeah. it's a show. It's the same. You're going to do the same job. Exactly. You know, The only excitement is it's like, oh, it's definitely not going to get canceled. Like, yeah. if it was like all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, we want you to go. Uh, someone calls me up. It's like, hey, we're going to do Scandal. 
all right, I don't, I'm indifferent. I'm happy it's a hit show because I know I'm going to do that whole year. Yeah, exactly. Like, will I do the next season? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, because you don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe the list will be the bad season, but I know those 22, I'm getting that, my checks. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. It's like, that's, that's your first thought is, oh, I'm going to be working. Like, I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to have to fear for my, you know, work life. You know, it's like, it's yeah, like, it's like, oh my God, are you excited to work on Scandal? Well, not for the reasons yeah. you think. I'm excited to work on Scandal. Exactly. Speaking about like the fun parts of being in uh, doing what we do is the the uh, the fact that can go through periods of no jobs. John is currently in a no job period I'm right in now. A no job period. I'm trying to like do my own thing, trying to uh, get some content out there so mm-hmm. I can stop working on other yeah other people's shows. I'll still do because you know I need to. Paycheck. Money and, and you know, hey, contacts, contacts yeah. are, are always good. And I like, I like the job. Yeah. You know, usually like this past few years, which is fortunate, you know, I've been out of work, you know, not that long before mm-hmm. I get something else. And now I'm sure with pilot season coming up, you know, there'll there'll be uh, opportunities. I'm in that that state where I need to take advantage of this time off and really work on my own stuff because I've too many times before. You know, where you get those uh, weeks, months, or whatever off, and you're just like, eh, you know, just kick it a little while and, and, and enjoy the fact that I'm not working. And then you, you get back to work and you get slammed and you realize, I wasted time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you get that sort of, well, I've been working 18 hours a day on someone else's show, and I'm like dreaming about someone else's show. Yeah. It's, a, it's crazy. And you're like, well, when is my chance? So, I, I'm trying to take advantage of this of this time here. Yeah, you're actually going to dabble into the uh, the online digital content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were talking. It's just getting stuff out there. I mean, I went to to film school and. Which I think we decided was uh, poorly spent money. It was. I forgot what the what we talked about on that pod, but it was like I don't know. Oh, you went to a, a what was it a talk? And someone's like, you don't need to go to film school, and you're like. Oh yeah, I just I was... paid for film school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that like I don't know if I would advise. Can't really advise people just the whole paying for college thing. Just go off on that. It's just idea of how much money it costs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You now it doesn't matter if it costs five hundred thousand dollars a year if you got a full ride. Yeah, you're not paying anything. I went to a very expensive one, so. You know, the trade-off, you know, I mean, I'm glad I went, mm-hmm. but the trade-off is like, now I I got my student loans, which, you know, a lot of people have, but mm-hmm. I have my student loans, but, but the trade-off is like, am I really getting out of it what, you know, what what is a uh, dollar-for-dollar value mm-hmm. for my money? I think eventually it will be the case, but I know that I paid, you know, no less than everyone else right and most people in whatever film school you're in are not gonna you know make it big so to speak so there's not gonna be a return on that investment you know a lot of people go off into other careers and you know i definitely don't think it's something that i would advise people to dabble in if it's gonna cost yeah that much money Um, well see that's the thing i was gonna say is that you actually even though you want to do your own thing, you're actually still working in the business. There are people that are still working, they're fighting to get their content maybe known or like maybe they had something that's just not going, but they're not in the business though. They're in the business for themselves. Right. 
but they're not working. It's like, oh, I, uh, I know, Starbucks, I know it sounds like a slam, but it's like, I'm working there or I have two jobs, I'm Ubering and working here, but I'm still working on my content. It's like your value is probably then has been paid for just from the show. Shows have gotten the value for probably, yeah, granted, it's not, you're not inputting the way you thought you would be inputting from film school, but they're getting something out of you going to school. Your interest in it has kept you working, you know, and your level of work. Yeah, it's, it's great to go to work and see actors that I know you know and everybody knows on an avid um, dealing with the things that we deal with on the day-to-day that's, you know, what I went to school for. Right. I mean, yeah, I got friends who just completely, just completely uh, different from, you know, anything related to entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that, it, you know, the uh, potential for that didn't yield the, uh, the money that it would take to really pay back, you know, student loans in a way that they want to. Um, and that's just like, cause it's, you know, it's a cliche, but this industry chews you up and spits you out. Right. You know, I mean, it's like you have to constantly hear no and just keep going back and keep fighting while trying to survive, while trying to earn a living and, and do that. And I know it's <clears throat> it's easy to like, I won't say easy, but it's, I guess, easy to get a job in something completely unrelated where you can quote-unquote turn your brain off and then go on the weekends or after work and do your own thing and hope that that will carry you someplace else but you're right you know being on these shows i've i'm able to hone you know something that you know most people don't get to who don't have a job like this like you and I deal with editors, you know, day in and day out. And so you get to see from start to finish, you know, from dailies mm-hmm. to just, you know, air, what it takes to make a show. And even some of the politics of it and some of the Absolutely. money. Because it's like, I like post for that reason is I can go to set, but I'm not stuck at set. Like I can go watch a director, direct actors and I can watch the DP light, then I can go see their results the next day mm-hmm. and see how the show gets and then see how a network thinks about that show and where their mindset is on particular episodes. And uh, and I think that's what's amazing is you get more out of that. It's definitely it's just a on-job learning. Like, you're getting more out of it than probably film school. Like, you got the idea... Right. film school but you now know you can walk through in one day you can walk through the whole process you'd start your day at set watch them set up lighting watch them do one scene go watch the editors edit the scene from the day before get a cutout. like all in one day you have seen a whole process of you know content making right and, and I've, I've seen you know some footage that come in that you think oh wow well, i don't know how people are gonna deal with this and then it turns out the editor has done something mm-hmm. which basically tells you that you know they're editors and then they're editors right it's like wow this this person really just flipped it on its ear and now i totally get it i'm totally engaged i didn't know how 
this person was going to creatively get it to a place where, you know, it's going to be powerful. Yeah. Because I didn't think we had the footage. It's there, mm-hmm. you know. And and so it definitely, those things where, you know, you, you sort of, by trial and error, those troubleshooting that, you know, you can do on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to see it at such a, we get to see it at such a high level, you know, every day where you're like, okay, now I know what can be done. Um, now I can go into my own thing going, I know what could be done on a level 10 mm-hmm. and I know what could be done on a level two. Right. You know, and, you know, I'm going to have the money for the level two. Right. The level 10. But I can um, take my level 10 knowledge. Exactly. And apply it to my level two, no- my <laughs> level two budget. <laughs> totally. And I can say, you know, oh, I want to do this. Okay. This is how I implement all mm-hmm. these things. And you sort of make it by hand. Yeah. Um, uh, so to speak, because you know all this, the different steps. And I think that there's so many steps in post that people just think, oh, you know, it's all about production and shooting it. And in post, you just sort of edit it and get it out. But no, I mean, because we are involved from the very beginning, you know, we see the steps. We At the script stage, you know, yeah. we're, we're advised of yeah. how to do things. Yeah. In terms of uh, our job, in terms of like troubleshooting and getting uh, a game plan going as to how to shoot things really works and really going to help for me in the writing process. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, now I can do this. Now I can do maybe this fantastic looking thing. But visual effects wise, I know I can do this, this, mm-hmm. this, where it's going to look like it. Because we had we had to do that on this show. Yeah. Where we just had to fudge this. And then when you put it out there, it's like, wow, wow, how did you get the money for that? You're like, oh, well, we really didn't really need it. We Clever just, edit. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you're right. It's like, that's the main reason. I'm glad I had the like forethought right after film school mm-hmm. to like throw away the idea that I had was like, I think most people who come out of film school is like, I'm not doing anything but directing a feature. Yeah. Like, I'm going from the stage at graduation to a set. Yeah. And I'm going to have the director's chair. Yeah. And it's like, quickly, I was like, yes, I'm going to have the director's chair, but it's going to be in my hand, putting it, you know, next yeah. to the video village right. for the director. Yeah. Because I wanted to start from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to get an overview of how, like you said, like how it worked, how the network worked. Mm-hmm. Because as a PA, you got to go everywhere. So network, set. My first job in the industry, I was still in school, actually. But it was was on a pilot. Mm -hmm. And I was a post-PA. And then I went to production after that. But it really taught me. uh, And I really went in there to learn. Mm -hmm. So, like, whenever I went to the studio, I would always kind of peer around and talk to people and see how things were going on that end see how that how that worked against the show aspect you know with production Mm -hmm. and then post and now post is closely aligned with you know the networks because you know you have the content and they want to sort of get things out and sort of see things see the finished product yeah we work in production you work really hard really long hours but then after you stop shooting that's it Mm -hmm. and you don't see it until it ends up on the air right felt kind of gypped at that point yeah the main reason why I got in the post is because it's like, oh, that dude's getting like more checks, and I'm like sitting here unemployed. I better get in a post. Yeah. And it was a lot more subdued than the like rush of production, which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. And so you can talk to executive producers. Now that is 
that is a high uh, value right there. You can talk to executive producers in a relaxed set, relaxed yeah. state, and they can know your name because it's just you and the post yeah. team all the time. And so, like, if I had a script, I could get some pretty good showrunners to read it just yeah. because they we've interfaced a lot and uh, I've asked them and they say, oh, absolutely. Now, if I were some schmo on uh, a set, who didn't really have any FaceTime with them because they were just had no time. They were just back and yeah, forth. Yeah, just lighting the whole then time. Then it's just like, hey, can you read my script? Like, well, who are you now? Yeah. You know? So that's one big perk of, of Post is that you can get to really know people without the headache of, you know, the frenzy of, of, of production. Well, because it's like they trust you and that you they know you're initially not trying to sell them anything right like i'm still baffled like you know i have eps it's like what do you think of this why are you asking me I'm yeah. the end. Like, right. or like it's like <clears throat> yeah me too it's like that weird thing of like it, go to adr it's like well actually why don't we try it this oh that's great it's like I can't believe you're listening to me yeah. i mean i don't know why it's like even now now we had our mix last night and it's like i threw out two ideas that made it it was only because they were stunk and it was just like and i'm just like the outsider i always feel like even though I'm there, I'm not the writer or the creator. Yeah. So it's like I have that outside perspective. It's like, what about this? Oh, my God, that's hilarious. All right, they try it. It's great. And I'm not there trying to pitch jokes. Oh, now read my script. Yeah. You know, but I think it's still weird to me that, I mean, I've earned it. I've done this long enough. Yeah. But it's just weird that, really, you're just going to ask me. Yeah. Aren't you the EP? Don't you have the answer? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I did that once on a, a show I was a fanboy of and still am. And I just sort of like had heard the ending of the show a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it was that way in the edit for so long. I was like, this is ge like I thought it was ge genius the way mm -hmm. the, the theme came in at the end. Mm -hmm. And then the EP creator was like no in the mix no let's do it this way it should be this mm -hmm. and then does it play it and I'm like in my mind I'm like mm, yeah. I don't know because I was like I think it may have been that I was just married to the others yeah but this did not sound as powerful yeah you know and so he goes to me what do you think and I was first of all, I was like, "Oh my god!" He asked me what I think. Why? I'll just ask, agree with him. I'll just me, agree that you I are a genius. Just <laughs> agree. Yeah. I think he's a genius. I should just say you're a yeah. genius. But it just came out of me like, yeah, "No, I don't know. I really like the other way. I really like the other way." He's like, oh, "Okay, well then, play the other way again." Played it. He goes, "You're right. Book it." And I was like, "Oh my, oh my god!" I was like, "Why?" Well, like steered this guy yeah. to. Uh, where I wanted and I wasn't even trying and to and everyone and now people at home that watched it it was like oh that was me yeah yeah I was like that was me I was like I can die now but John closed his laptop went <laughs> went to Hollywood and went alright where's my job yeah, exactly <laughs> I made a decision where's my job exactly decision made um, show saved right. so where's my check <laughs> exactly yeah it, it's it's uh, yeah like you said we've earned it but it's like it's still it still goes still baffles me yeah too and i still like, then it makes me think i think everyone is that way like the ep's asking me because he doesn't know yeah and i think that's what it comes down to it's like everyone's just doing the best they can and everyone knows how to do their job but i think sometimes you just get stuck what do you think well i'm the idiot but this is what i like oh it's great yeah it's like oh i don't think he knew right. why am i not doing his job <laughs> exactly where am i not getting seven figures um there was a sh uh, show I did where it was pretty much was anime. It was all ADR. And mm -hmm. there was 
this line reading and we had uh one of the nicest guy nice nicest guys in hollywood will forte was trying to give a, a reading it was me and the ep and the associate producer in there and uh the ep was like no you need to say it like this and trying to get it i don't know if i just jumped in but mm. i was like no it's like it should be more like this or I, I told the EP, like, you know what, it should be, I don't think I did it exactly yeah. well. I was like, I think you mean, like, more than this. And yeah. he's like, yeah, you're more like that, yeah. And so he did it, and he was kind of there. He's like, well, no, I mean, and he pointed to me, he said, you go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and just say what you're going to say? Yeah. And so I talked to Will, and I was like, this is how you need to say it. It needs mm-hmm. to be like this. It needs to be like that. And so Will turned back around to the mic. He did it. Mm-hmm. And then he turned back to me. He's like, "That was good direction." I was like, "Wow!" I took right, Hollywood got <laughs> I took Will's mic, dropped it. No, yeah. uh, took his mic away, ruined yeah. the session. <laughs> looked at my phone, waited for it to ring. It's like I was like, "Oh my god, wow!" You know, mm-hmm. like I knew it was one of those things where I knew exactly how to direct him to do mm-hmm. it. But you know, the hierarchy. It was like, well, I can't yeah. say it because I'm not the guy. You know, but I. I'm like itching to say, dude, all you need to do is say A, B, and C, and he'll get it. Right. And like, Will turned around and was like, that was, thank you. That was a good direction. I was like, check. Where's yeah. my check? You know? Well, and I think it comes down to it's like, yeah, you can have someone that's invested like the EP and then just not know how to say that one thing. It's like, yeah. I need you to say it. And then you're like, when you see that moment, you're like, well, I'm not trying to grab any glory, but I also want to get my day done. Right. Because I have 400 other things to do. So it's like, you mean like you kind of want to add it like that? Oh, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, I know. I know the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of those things, like you say, you know the show. We're all working on the show. We're all inundated with it. So, yeah, if you can't find the words for whatever, because you're doing a million things, yeah. a lot of times we can pick it up and say, well, I think you yeah. kind of want this. Yeah, no. It's so, so as a job, it, it's... It's a great job, you know. I mean, I'm ready to do my own things. I'm ready to not have such a gap between the zeros and my check and the right. creator's check. It's just like, I mean, it comes down to I want to get my voice and my vision out there just like you know anybody else. And then you realize when you work on these shows that even the people you really admire, some of them are just off the charts, mm-hmm. like creative yeah. forces. But, you know, they're just doing a job. Just like you, they're no more creative yeah. than than you are, you know, and uh, and so it's not like you can't can't go out and do it if you want to do it, you know. Of course, it takes time and energy and luck and and all that, but pol- paying politics yeah. is a big part of it. But um, you know, the separation between uh, you and me and these guys are not yeah. not as big as as people might think at all. I'm one joke pitch away from being in the writer's room yeah literally like i mean i i'm not i'm much farther away but it's like i could be like ep sees that you could and just could. be like that's pretty funny you know have you ever thought about doing it? oh well i have something you know if i had something but it, wor- it works like that. and that's yeah. how it all is and then yeah. all of a sudden next year i'm in the writer's room going i, I was the idiot just getting adr you yeah. know or you know getting your coffee or whatever but yeah so with your thing I think, too, like, you working on your own stuff, you also get to the point, too, now it's like you don't feel that it's uber-precious and that it's career-ending or making. You know it could 
further your career. But it's not like once I release this on Vivo or YouTube or something, mm-hmm. that's it. Doors are just going to open. You just know it's like, well, I'm doing this for me now as opposed to doing it for a stepping stone, which I think is two different things. Like if you're doing it going, I need to get a job. I think if I put this out there, it's my passion, but why aren't people knocking down my door? It's like, well, it doesn't work like that. It, yeah, it was really good, but you're putting everything into it. Yeah. Where I think you want to create something that you know, it's like, look, there's something that's in my mind. I want to put it out there. And if it gains traction, great. If it doesn't, I still got my job. I did what I wanted to do. Yeah. got my voice out there. And maybe someone sees it on the back end. Maybe you put. The, maybe it wasn't the first one. You're like, man, I feel really good about this. I'm going to do number two. Two's the one that makes it. You know, you're yeah. not doing that thing where it's like, I put one thing out there. I'm just sitting here waiting now. Like, I think you want to do it because you're passionate about it. But you also know, realize it's not like Spielberg is going to call you up the minute it gets uploaded. You right. Know? It's like, oh, there it is. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for me, the, when I came out of film school, this whole digital... Uh, stuff was pretty new mm-hmm. and it was you know don't don't ever put stuff online before it goes to like festivals and yeah. stuff like that and your short was your calling card because yeah. that's kind of how it worked you made a short or thesis film in, in film school which was your calling card and then like you would get stuff from there yeah now and then so when you're in film school like you culminate to this thing where you spend thousands tens of thousands of dollars on it you want it to be the best it possibly yeah. can be right because you know like right now even working in this, this tv business like i know i would want to shoot on alexa you right. know i would want to use all these tools and i know how good things can look and good things can be mm-hmm. so in my mind it's like that's what i want to do yeah and of course that's what you want to do but tv you want to do it or movies, you would want to do it where someone else is paying for it. Yeah. Now, it's like you're seeing guys blow by you who have just sat two people or sometimes even one person in a room, turned on some, you know, cheap camera, put edited it on uh, Premiere or iMovie yeah. <laughs> or some iPhone app yeah. and put it up online sound is terrible it, all the stuff that you and i would go oh my god this is terrible yeah. no color correction sound and someone sees it and goes wow this is great yeah because this guy has an eye for yeah. something yeah someone's looking at it and going well there's a story here yeah we got color correction we got production design we got all we got some killers in that industry we'll take care of that but this guy has a story this yeah. is what i want and so when i was when i was in film school you know i came to professor asking for money but you know i had to give him a budget and everything and the budget was like almost 60 grand uh-huh. he's like what almost threw it back at me like yeah. what is this 60 let me tell you something i had to get the lecture like yeah. you students coming here with these high budgets look make a ten thousand or actually less movie Make a good story. Don't worry about production design because I can assure you Hollywood will not be impressed by your production design. Mm-hmm. They got that uh, down. What they really need is a story. What they really need to know is if you'll move someone. 
if somehow you know you could be moving funny or whatever that's they take care of the rest i mean i'll never forget that but you know me being a student going oh, yeah but i really want to use 35 millimeter camera because yeah. it's Internet. free yeah yeah exactly youtube <laughs> now these guys are just taking a camera and just shooting yeah and just putting it up and it doesn't matter because my mindset coming out of film school and up until actually recently was like whatever you're as good as your last whatever so it's like whatever i put out there could be a career ending Mm -hmm. thing so i want to make sure that if i put it out there and it has my name on it that it's like the best quality right like it has to be this which is fine but it could also be something that you can still be proud of but something that's like Look, we were limited by budget. We were limited by this. We were limited by that. But with those limits, this is what I was able to come yeah. up with. I had I like these three shots, and I love that person's performance. Yeah. Would I loved a better one from the other person? Yeah. Yeah. He did it for free. Yeah. Exactly. He was who I could get for the slice of pizza. Exactly. You know, and that was I did the best I could. And I think too is everything's a learning thing. You put the first one up, and it's like I want to do another one. As long as I mean you're not spending ten grand each, then you're yeah, yeah. bankrupt yourself. But it's like you put the first one up of the dude in the chair. It's like oh, I feel good about that, you know. And now maybe I'll reach out to my friend's friend who who's an actor, showing that going. Oh, I want to do something like this. Yeah. He might go, all right, yeah. I mean, kind of low budge, but I like to act. So maybe I'll chew up the scenery, you know, and then they'll make me look better and then i'll use that for my reel so everyone's just using everyone yeah not in a bad way just everyone's using everyone so just put it out there i think that's i think that's what it is it's not our generation because there's people like probably every year up until a certain point where like like you like my friend who went to film school as well he was about to start shooting something he was like i want to be 35 because i'm not going to be a real person if i don't do 35 and it was just like you know that guy kevin smith that guy we kind of like shot a 16 which was even crazy then it's like right. and put it in black and white because he didn't have the money like yeah. well one he knew that aesthetically black and white worked for that movie but it was also i don't have to worry about the color i just need to just turn on a lot of bright lights black and white will catch it so right. but he was in that mindset and actually i maybe i won't listen to this as much. <laughs> it, great guy but i think he started to shoot something he had a script that was really good i helped you know i'm not good at writing but i'm good at helping people that write yeah i'm that guy i'm i can look at it going hey you said this twice or move this over here he started shooting did 16 got it back but then you know sort of he wasn't happy because it wasn't exactly what he wanted. because i think in his head it was why doesn't this look like aliens or why doesn't this look like jaws or i think in his head he was kind of brought down by the masters i guess or whatever where he shot the scene he was happy with it when he saw like once they processed the film and everything but it was just like it's not what i was really hoping for this and the performance is like it's your first film yeah it is what it is and i think that stumped him and then the idea too even then to have put your stuff online like years later when i was like put your stuff online yeah and and i get it and, and i get it because it's that thing of like don't hand it out for free that's who you are but it's like it doesn't matter we're in that age now i post a bunch of shit on instagram Am I happy with like 10 posts ago? Probably not. But it wasn't like I was, that was a funny joke to me. Is yeah. that joke good now? No. It's funny at the time. Right. So, and I think that's what it is. It's like you almost have to get over that mental hurdle of, well, one, two, you can also take it down. Like you put it up, you get two up. Well, that first one's coming down now. I right. mean, things live forever. But if but, you're not, yeah. it's just sort of like, yeah, you know what? I'm not happy with that first one anymore. Then you have two and three. Then you get to a point where it's like, I still like two and four. 
he's going away right. you know so it, it's hard i get it it's a it's a mental thing that it wasn't i didn't go to film school but wasn't taught that way that weird like don't give it out for free let people come to you use that like i'll show you privately it's like no or here here's a disc of my work it's like send me a link you know yeah. it's like oh i don't want people to see my look you know because if you look hard enough whatever you're thinking of doing probably already exists somewhere else you know yeah. like maybe not your exact story but it's like oh man i'm gonna have this moment and this if you search hard enough it's like ah oh, crap this kid in illinois did it already on right. his iphone and it damn it's pretty good i think it's just getting over the yeah the digital hurdle no it, it is definitely that mental hurdle and you know just for years i was like oh, i'm gonna do just talking to people about shooting something is like, oh so are you gonna you know in the last few years it's been oh so you're gonna just you know shoot it with uh your iphone or something and just put it up online and i'm like no i'm not gonna do that i'm why i'm gonna get this camera and get this lighting package and i'm gonna you know a five ton grip truck and i'm gonna do all this stuff <laughs> and it's like and they look at me like dude why are you doing all that it's like people are just putting stuff up I'm like yes but people haven't gone to film school like i have yeah. this is that and you, know, you have this sort of elitist attitude about whatever people going to film school now by the way are doing the the digital YouTube. Yeah, they, yeah, and they're putting it up. Yeah, probably for the professor to watch. Exactly. Put it up so I can watch it. Exactly. So it's like this. You didn't go to film school, but you came from that same generation right. where it was like this is how you sort of do things. Now it's you know before I went to film school at all, you know these guys probably made two hundred films and. You know, with your friend, it's like, why doesn't it look like Jaws? Why doesn't it look like that? Well, there are a lot of reasons why. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm all over the place. But, like, I like to go on Kickstarter because I like to see what people are doing. Mm -hmm. And I went to one page where it looked like there were students. Mm -hmm. And they were just sort of, like, p their pitch video. Mm -hmm. And they were just sort of showing you uh, the concept and sort of, like, we want it to be like this. We want it to be yeah. like this. And we want it to be like that. So, you know, we're designing the sets this way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reason why you like, this is where I think film school comes in, is like the reason why you like anything is because of reasons where you don't think it, you know? Yeah. The reason why you like, like you talk about the Terminator. Right. You don't like the Terminator because, oh, the machines and, oh, there's um, cyborgs and stuff like this. You love it because of the way it made you feel mm -hmm. you know you like it because i mean that's what was so genius about terminator 2 like i like felt something mm -hmm. you know um is that line from simon Pegg in uh space where he says i cried in terminator 2 and it's like yeah i mean yeah. like i went in there going ah, it's a sequel to an action movie and i came out going wow like that was yeah. really good yeah you get rid of the cutting edge visual visual effects it's still that that cop never had to turn to liquid metal. He yeah. could have just been another. Mm -hmm. Inside, he's more mechanically advanced than me. All right, I buy it. Still would have been a solid film. Yeah. You and know? it's like, you have to get those. It's all about, like I learned in film school, first semester. It's all about. So screw you. Film school is good. <laughs> it's good, but it doesn't need to cost that much. Yeah. As I said, it's a rich man's game. So art, a rich man's art. So, uh, either yeah exactly <laughs> so you you it's all about moments it's mm -hmm. all those moments you know i was watching a uh ted talk because i'm not working uh, from uh <laughs> exactly <laughs> from jj abrams and um his one of his favorite scenes ever you know he showed it and it was from jaws mm -hmm. and he's like you think it was might be the the shark or something but it's like when roy scheider is like at home with his <laughs> son and he's he's just had a hard hard um day week 
time at it mm-hmm. and his son is sort of just playing with him and he's trying to like just have this hardened persona uh but the son breaks it you know with his sort of charm mm-hmm. you know and you know he he softened there you know and he's like that's that's what got me that's what pulled me in and like he said you don't think about that yeah you think about jaws but these are the moments that build up to make you respond mm-hmm. and so when you know <clears throat> people go oh i just shot this you know 200 films and i did this i did this it becomes like notches on a on a belt it, yeah it just becomes like oh i've made 200 films so i'm a filmmaker and it's like well have you really studied performances why mm-hmm. you know this scene works you know have you taken like any classes not even at film school but even at the community college right. or some free class to say or read books to say just to see how these these scenes are constructed how they work uh how long you stay on you know the character why you choose camera angles and all that stuff goes into it to the visual um language you know of of a film of mm-hmm. a scene you know you could watch a scene that seems simple and you go wow that really worked and you can get another guy who's made those 200 digital yeah. shorts to shoot the same exact scene you go wow that didn't really work and so you can really see why why they don't and why they do. Yeah. Um, so with that, you know, I should be able to take my pride off the table yeah. and go, I don't have a light package. Yeah. I don't have a, a, a good camera. I'd probably have to because sound just kills me. I'd yeah. have to get some sort of sound thing. Yeah. But just, I'll just give myself a limit because I like to give myself yeah. limits. I just got what I got. Go shoot it. Go put it online. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. And something good probably will happen. And when I say good, it just means somebody might watch it. Yeah. It's not like killing myself before it even happens. And go, well, since I don't have the Alexa package, since I don't have, you know, the five ton lighting package yeah. or this or that, you know, the, you know, 70 person crew. And it's like, yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah I think that will end up making you. It makes you better because it's like, okay, I had these two people talking or three people talking. Don't have a lighting package. All right, well, we're shooting it outside during the day. All right, well, I only have this. Well, let's go stand over there. You know, it's like you end right. up just having to shape still your core story for your surroundings. It's like, what do I got? I got these four things. My story is going to take place in these four things. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, you're not sitting there. It's like, really had this, you know, 3D costume drama. Right. Well, which I, which I do, but yeah. yeah. I mean, that's on the back. That's that's uh, that's number two. Yeah. But you know, it's like, look, that maybe I'll get to that. Maybe I'll find the people that have the costumes, and I'll be able to make a short version of my costume epic. But you just have to you work with what you got. It's like even now, like you can buy a camera that ends up paying for itself. Like I have a friend who uses that. What is that? The Canon D. Five D. A five D. Yeah, yeah. In the. Uh... 70 yeah yeah so it's like he uses that complete freedom he has his own like he actually had a friend build him like a little steady cam mm-hmm. you know and he it's like that's all i need it's like i have that and he has one kino flow so like if he's shooting yeah. in a darker area he can bounce a light off one thing that's all he uses and it's amazing like is everything he does gold no but there's a lot of good stuff in his thing because he, he'll have him come up some like, a funny idea calls his friends up they do it and not everything is funny but sometimes it's like oh, i had this idea for this thing i want to try it's like i want to see if i can get my camera to like the new my steady cam i want to see if i can do a tracking shot like i want to see if i can follow them upstairs and it can stable it's like yeah. mostly he does it to see if everything's working fine it's like oh wow that works now i can move on to the next thing he'll even put that up 
here's dudes running up the stairs. Like he just does it, but because it's like yeah. he's just doing things, and and I was just I think I've I've helped him out on a few things, and I'm just it's like, all right, because he has like the zoom, like he likes sound too. It's like I need to hear. Yeah, like it's one thing. It's like I don't know if it over bothers him, but it's like if we're gonna be in concrete, I want to just hear voices. I don't want to hear boom because he'll shoot. Like he has a lot of friends, and they'll shoot in shitty places. Like I'm gonna hear it as best I can, and I know I if I have that, I'm gonna at least get sound. You know, right. so he has the the zoom, which is his friends. And then he has the D5 and then the one Kino and he's like, he's shot. It's like, he's like, literally all he needs is a car with a trunk. It's like, all right, I can shoot whatever I need. I have a car and a trunk. But, and I was always been kind of amazed. It's like, it looks like you said, like, I'm more fascinated. Like, well, it's actually a pretty good story you wrote. Yeah. Does it look the best? No, but he can, he got across for his five minutes. He got his story across and that's all you kind of really want. It's like. You want more, but it's like for what he's doing, he loves doing it. He yep. loves editing. He loves putting it up, and it looks it's like a good job. And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's what I do. No, it's 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 great, and I love the fact that he has that mindset to just keep doing it and keep posting. He's it's, also that like we were talking about. Like, he's the one under us that went YouTube's great. Like see, just that see. that's his thing. That's why he can just go out and okay. do that. He was, yeah, yeah. he's. Not too much younger than us, but just enough where that was his, like, I just want to make films with my friends, and I'll just put them up for my friends, and then go from there. It's like he shot a short that got some traction, but, like, I'm almost like with your friends, it's like, I shot a movie. Yeah, I can't get any more work. Yeah. You shot him. Yeah, mm, you know, it happens. Or it's like, I have this thing. Yeah, I can't get an agent. What do you mean you can't get an agent? You're, yeah. you're buzzing. Yeah, I can't get one. Yeah. So I think for him, it was just like he got a lot of buzz on one thing and just kept moving on, shot a feature that was just okay. But once again, it was he did it. Yeah. And it's like, wow, all right, you got to cross your story. And then I think he learned. He's like, feature is a little bigger than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. You know, like he had, I think, two cameras and three lights or something. And right. then just the scope of, oh, I actually really have to plan out that I'm at this apartment three times, then I'm here three times. Like he was moving locations where a lot of times he was – multi-using one like right. oh we'll shoot in the corner for this we'll shoot in the corner for this and we'll shoot over there for the wide and then he actually moved places like oh that was he goes it was a learning experience he goes once he got to the 90 minute <laughs> feature part where it's like oh this is much harder than uh right i thought he goes i kind of like my 10 to 15 minute videos because it's like i can get my whole idea out and get it up in you know four days no totally it's 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 you know for me it's psychologically it was like oh if i make something with you know uh, an abbreviated life lighting package and like a semi-shitty camera and you know the sounds not, and which I, I have made i don't want to put it up because i'm thinking what are you gonna think i'm a shitty filmmaker yeah. are they gonna think i can't do this i can't do that like i gotta show them i at least gotta counter with something like no but i can do yeah. this i just was limited by yeah. what i had but you're right it's about the thing that it's always was about and always will be about which is story. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you had a really good story. And if you look at YouTube, one thing I have done is I looked at YouTube and seeing what gets a lot of hits. I didn't really care. It's like, if there's something cool, something that has a, a good story, mm-hmm. and it may not even be that good to you and me, it'll, because people are starving for it, like, it'll get some traction. Exactly. You and me can go, wow, that was a cool story. I get it. I get the production values. I get that you were limited by this. I get that you're not a studio making this. Yeah. The story, though, like, I was actually engaged in it. It's like, do you have something else? Yeah. What else you got? And then maybe yeah. you go through it and it's like, all right, these two weren't as good. He's yeah. he's learning. Exactly. You know, and 
And so you can, and, and like people, executives or whatever, or people who are trying to um, uh, acquisition these content or whatever, trying to get people into the fold from the digital world, get it too. They yeah. know, well, I know that you didn't have, yeah. you know, the Alexa. I know you didn't have, you know, um, a full lighting package yeah. to shoot on the stage, but I see something here. Yeah, it's you like know. imagine what this kid can do or this guy can do or the girl or whatever if they actually had the support yeah. team. Granted, we know this guy probably did everything. Maybe he had five friends with him, but he was still able to tell this story while doing everything. Now imagine if he was just focused on telling the story and had people did everything for him. Oh, the lighting's done. Cameras are loaded. Coffee's hot. Right. Like, oh, my God. I can tell my story now and get it done. And oh, totally. And so uh, just get over, gotta, that, gotta get over get that. over that hurdle. It's like, oh. I know that. I know when you first uh, know when you're finished with it, you're going to like, all right, upload. Oh. Yeah. You're like, oh, my name go. My name doesn't have to. Yeah. But yeah. It's like, all right, I'll tomorrow. I have it set up. All I have to do is hit upload. First thing in the morning. Right, exactly. Abort, abort. Exactly. And and the thing is, like my standard mm-hmm. is so high. Yeah. It's so high that like even thinking about the web series that I was telling you about, like I was like, I can do this, I can do this, and like I'm figuring them out, wow, I know people who actually can put stuff into this and I could really make it good mm-hmm. i can't make it like i'm not gonna have an alexa i'm not gonna yeah. have can i get an alexa can i get all this stuff probably yeah but it's gonna take like me going and begging for a package and he's like oh yeah well if you wait till the um tv season is yeah. over or this then maybe we have some extra packages well maybe we can float you a deal in it and so it's another year yeah of that i'm not gonna wait for that because at the end of the day, no one cares really about, yeah. oh, you shot on Alexa. Oh, then, then let's bring this guy in. He could shoot on an Alexa. No, it, it's about, you know, it's about the story. Yeah, then you'll be mad because it's like, really, a thousand, thousand views. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, You're that's like, true. all right, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to do the next thing, but I'm going to use my friend's equipment and stuff. 2,000 views. Really? I'm in yeah, the hole exactly, for that exactly, first thing. Exactly. <laughs> so my, my standards are so high that if I come in like at, 80 mm. even 78 percent of what i wanted to do yeah which is still pretty good i guess yeah then other people may look at that and go oh my god wow that's great and i'm like really because it should have been so in my in my own head yeah. i'm thinking oh well they're not gonna like it unless it's the full bore yeah. like 100 percent of what i'm thinking like i said you and i work in a situation in a industry where we have all those tools where yeah. we can make it that 100 percent as long as the story at least comes across yeah you know everything else like everybody's used, look at youtube now everybody's used to it everybody's yeah. used to the no one camera. yeah like the only time it bumps me is like if i'm watching something older and it's four by three it's like whoa yeah what's this right like it, that's the only thing that bumps <laughs> right, me right. now it's like it's because it's like oh my, my god i love that band i haven't seen i'm gonna go back to this old video oh right four four by three days or even like something that's like there'll be a clip from a show from 2002 five how about that 2005 yeah that, that'll be up and it'll be <laughs> four by year. three and it's like that was four by three I yeah i thought we had already gotten past it that's the only thing that's that bumps me now like totally if i'm watching something unless too the sound is if you can't hear anything it's like right i know don't you want to see like maybe someone from either your class or the class after or the before that 
went out and spent the money. It's like it's like oh I, I got the thirty five I pulled for, and mostly probably the rich friends that <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I pulled all the favors and you watch it's like yeah you could have just shot that on your phone I mean you say that now but I mean at the time it's like yeah you could have dumped down and still gotten your story across and you, no now, no now but you're that, fifty that, grand in debt yeah <laughs> and you got nothing out of it yeah I mean that happens in like film score I mean um, what was it the highest I've ever heard I mean this is stupid but huh. it was. It was like a very famous singer's child. Okay. Or it was either uh, head of a uh, Monster Studios child. One of the two had spent a million dollars on the student film. Wow. And it's like, okay, well, that's crazy. But hey, dad has the money, so whatever. But there were people whose parents that you didn't know who had a lot of money Mm -hmm. who spent hundreds of mm. thousands of dollars on a short 12 minute mm. movie you look at it and you go huh yeah could have spent a fraction and that's probably one of those things you watch you're going wow they did pretty good wonder how they did then you hear how much yeah you spent way yeah. too much <laughs> exactly like really but i feel like you'd especially being in film school because i can imagine what that was like that you find out even if you didn't know that kid's dad was anyone it's like you million dollars you're gonna go in super critical because you, in your head you're gonna expect right well man this guy's gonna make close encounters Oh, no, he still made a stupid film because we're still in that learning phase, but he had all the tools. Yeah. So you watch it, it's like, you almost feel like you're going to be uber critical of it, where it's like, if it was like, dude, shot it on some random camera he found, well, that's actually really good. Good for him. He spent a dollar. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, so, I'm sort of um, more, I marvel at those stories more, mm-hmm. where it's like, I've seen some films, like, in film school that have been shot for nothing, and they just look amazing. <laughs> just because of, like, the creative... Yeah, that guy probably won't be a director, but he'll do something even more creative because he seems beyond that. Yeah. Like, oh, I know how to make, I can make things work. So he'll be something probably better. It's like, oh, I can make anything work. Oh, you're that guy. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and you just see, like, people like that. Yeah, I mean, the the, the stories where I spent, I spent, you know, a couple grand on this short, and it's, like, shot in 35, color-corrected beautifully, uh, got actors in it, bunch of locate. I'm like, wait a minute, I I can't even feed my crew for that. Like, yeah. how did you, how did you do? Oh, and then you find out. That's when I found out about the favors that yeah. we called in. And so I got favors too. Mm-hmm. So I like I can call them in. It's just you know getting over that hurdle. One of the things they did do in film school was they had a night where alumni and professors. Oh, okay. They showed their student films. Oh, okay. And, like, one of my mentors, Randall Kleiser, who one of his first movies was uh, Grease, showed his student film, mm-hmm. which was sort of like, it had some pretty impressive for the time, like, visual effects in there. Right. But it was like a student film. He showed <laughs> Zemeckis's, you know, mm-hmm. student film with, called The Elevator. Uh-huh. And it was like, okay. And so I remember the TA coming into class one day and said, hey, we if you go see these movies, like you could see them at the library. Oh, okay. they did have a, a, a night of this. Said you should go watch Zemeckis's. You mm. should go watch this person movie. It'll calm you. Right. You know, it's like it, it ain't all gonna happen in film school. Like these people. And there's know, gonna be one. Better. And there's gonna be one that's gonna blow your mind. You're gonna be like, ugh. Like yeah. you're gonna see. Like yeah, you're gonna watch Zemeckis's going. All right, I feel better. But there's going to be always going to be one yeah. dude, you know, like I'll just say Spielberg or something. It's like, here's his student film. 
Right. That was the best one I've seen. Yeah, because he had something he, he had early it, he had on. It, he and had it. Yeah. It's, it's probably the guy that was making, like Spielberg, who was making films in his, yeah. as a kid, right. goes to a film school. His student films are going to be better because he has the edge. Yeah, I mean, that's great that they did that, though, because, yeah, you put these people in these these pegs, and all of a sudden it's like, this is, was their first draft. Yeah. You go, okay, so my thing wasn't, like, light years behind. Okay, so now I can... I'm just going to strive for the elevator. Yeah, exactly. Go from there. That's going to be my peak right now. Exactly. Showed Lucas's film. And it Which was one was like, that? Was that THX 1138? It was THX, yeah. It was... Um, saw Lucas's THX 1138, but I was in an animation class, and also uh, Lucas was an animator, too, mm-hmm. and so like he did some uh, animation films, and so I wish we were shown those oh, in that okay. class, which most people at the school didn't get a chance okay. to see. Dude, those were weird. Because um, oh, really? it was the 60s. Oh. And so a lot of these guys, like a lot of the 60s animation films that we saw were like, you can tell that people were like on something yeah. while they animated. <laughs> Our professor always would say, oh, and this person went to work for Disney. And like nobody, nobody wanted to work for Like Disney was the, like the evil empire yeah. at the time. But if you saw what came out mm-hmm. of the school, it was like, how did Disney see that and go, well, dude, we can't have him working here? Yeah. It was some pretty, like, it's like everything was, like, either raunchy or, right. like, drug-related. Because those are things something. you weren't seeing. Yeah. Like, that was it. It's like, I'm going to make stuff I want to see. And it's like, well, no one else wants to see it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> it's it like, this was, like, some interesting stuff, mm-hmm. but it was, like, uh, it's very, very talented animators, but, like, it definitely had a dark, I can't even think of the word, but it was just, like, a, um, it was a situation where you're, like, okay, it's the 60s. This is what was there, and, um, you know, it might have been Mickey Mouse, you know, a naked Mickey Mouse killing somebody or something. Right. It, it was just like... It's like, look, I'm going to show you how edgy I am yeah. and something you've never seen. And it's like, yeah, I've never seen it because I never wanted it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you keep that shit in your head. <laughs> right. So it, it's it's um it, it's not going to happen like in a day and like things we're talking about as far as like you make one of these things yeah. and you get better and you make another one and you, yeah. you, just, you just keep getting better you right. keep honing your skills and then when you make that short it's like oh okay well i'm glad i did the other thing because now it sort of got me in that groove i'm honing my skills and now like maybe i wasn't maybe i'm better off now as a filmmaker than i was before yeah. i started i mean i was look. i was listening to another round table because again <laughs> i'm not working and damien chazelle was talking uh about uh la la land mm-hmm. and how he wrote La La Land like, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago. Okay. Before Whiplash. Mm-hmm. And so he went around, took it around, and no one wanted to uh, touch it. They, mm-hmm. like, they laughed him out of the, yeah. the room, basically. He's like, okay, so no one wants to do La La Land. How can I get something to where someone would say, okay, well, maybe we'll give him a shot and maybe it'll be easier? So he wrote Whiplash. Then he shot the short, right? Because there was a short whiplash. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it's short. There's a, but I think it still had. It still had like. It still had JK in it, mm-hmm. and then there was this other kid who was actually an actor. Like he's acting now, so it wasn't like okay, an it wasn't unknown like some unknown drummer. No, it was literally okay. just two. It was JK. Oh, also two. I mean, that's going to get you some. Here's my short. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah JK Simmons. Yeah. You know? <laughs> totally. But I mean, it's still a good short. I saw it. It's actually it's literally a scene 
from 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 Whiplash. Yeah, it's okay. almost like he was like, "This is what I want my movie to be." Okay. Here's my script, the calling card thing. I think he yeah, made yeah. it and got it out there. And I think Max Landis does that a lot too. He okay. just puts shit out there and then just writes stuff, weird stuff all the time. And so, it's but, it's, it's a way to do it. You yeah, know? I think it, that uh, apparently this internet's the future. If thing, you haven't learned anything else on this podcast, the internet's the future. Internet is the future, and people are getting people are getting recognized for the internet stuff. They're not getting recognized for like the old school. Hey, I made a movie and a feature. Yeah. Like, I guess nobody has time. They have time to click on something for a couple minutes. Yeah, and then they go, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's 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 bring him in instead of a feature. Uh, really, I don't have time to watch a feature. Why don't you watch and tell me what it was and yeah. tell your assistant or something? But yeah, you always can say, hey. Check this out on your phone or something. And, and you get you get exactly what you can out of it. And yeah. the show I'm on now was based on a web series. So And that's the way it's going. A lot of these shows are based on And it was like, oh my God, that's really funny. It's like maybe it wasn't the first one, but maybe after three in, they stayed consistent. We made five episodes and people thought it was funny. Yeah. I mean, it actually started off as they were a comedy troupe, wrote this, did it to a web series, and then now they're on their second season probably going to a third and so it's like doing well yeah so i mean there is something to say it's just about being getting over that confidence i'm sure there's people even kids now that are like no no no, i'm gonna make my feature i'm not gonna i'm gonna go past that i'm not gonna do the internet route and then just realize it's i mean there's still that you're putting it out there and you know hateful comments you know there's always going to be someone yeah. lame yeah. sad and he's our president. <laughs> John, you're sad. Why is he? Why is he watching this? Exactly. Exactly. Why, you're taking time to comment on this and then comment on others and then go yeah, back to like, control. Oh, you like this? Sad. Yeah. Like, oh my God! Quit trolling people. I know. <laughs> but but you're right. It's it's it's. I definitely was in the mindset. Now I'm like totally changed after talking to some people and yeah. talking to you. Now I'm like of the mindset now that you're going to go ahead and you're going to make the feature and I've been to tons of Q and A's of independent films. How'd you make it? How'd you, you know, and you know, we got the money and then the money suddenly disappeared and then we had to find a way to shoot more. Now I feel like that might be a wasted effort mm-hmm. in that. Like a lot of people aren't getting noticed for features anymore. Mm-hmm. They're getting noticed for that. Thing that you shot for 300 bucks you know um on a weekend and you know put it together no. and like just put it up and that's what people see because instantly they can see it uh, you could put a feature up you know to send out a link or do yeah. whatever but nobody's gonna watch that somebody's gonna click on a two minute thing a yeah. three minute thing and go oh yeah yeah let me watch another one of these you and know? then maybe if you have a site and you have a feature Maybe if they start getting interest, they might click. They might. The they might go to it then. Yeah. But the thing that's going to lead them to the feature would be the shorter. Yeah. Content is not going to be the other way around. And they, yeah, and there's still Sundance, and there. But if you look at like Sundance, everything has a name behind it. There might be some new talent, but it was very vetted before you got to Sundance. Like, yeah. oh my God, they got this actor. It's like, yeah, all these people did struggle, but wouldn't you say probably seventy percent of Sundance has a name behind it? Maybe not the director or the writer. Maybe they're new, but they, you know, they have. Oh, you got Bryce Dallas Howard. How? Oh well, you know this and that, right. and everything sort of. They're still indie films, right? You know, it's not that that type of indie anymore. Well, some sometimes, well, now Sundance. Before you could get your film, and then now Sundance, you know, they have a thing where if you won Sundance before, if you've been to Sundance, like you get 
preferential treatment for coming back. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the celebrities who have made their personal pet projects, yeah. now they obviously have preferential treatment. So the slots for people new, mm-hmm. people to get in there are just very slim. So it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to even get into Sundance now because it's like such a thing now. Right. But, you know, these things with like online, I mean, you take... You know, somebody you and I uh, like very much, Justin Bieber. Yeah, um, of course. You know, Beeps. <laughs> the Beeps. You know, YouTube. You know, uh, you know, I mean, you have American Idol and stuff like that. But look, a lot of these, a lot of the new talent has been discovered on YouTube. Mm. You know, it's just, it doesn't really, it's sort of broken down that wall, that, that, that barrier that even you and I, who, ha- who know people, or like how do we if we had a show how how do we pitch this how yeah. do we get into the room now it's like you just upload something on youtube and if it garners a following then that gets the attention of people because you know there are divisions now who say find me new talent on youtube right because that's what you know that's what we do and someone can even find it. it like they go to their facebook page in the morning something that's go. already been cycled through that they because someone they know it's like oh wow this must be circulating you yeah. hit it going oh didn't even have to look for it it was yeah. delivered right via your twitter feed or facebook it's like wow that was just handed to me and it's like hey what's the story between what's the story with this uh this thing and it's like oh well you know we can bring that guy in bring him in yeah and that's how that's how it's happening it's like just things are going viral and i knew it from this person and that person like that mm-hmm. you're like oh okay yeah i've seen that yeah Especially if it's two minutes, you're like, yeah. I yeah, I always have two minutes. Like yeah. If someone's like, have you seen this weird thing? The minute I click on it, it's like, all right, it's six minutes. I'll watch the first minute. Yeah. If I'm in, I'll watch the yeah. rest of it. And then it's just like, all right, I'll watch it. Or it's like, well, no, I'm good. Yeah. That's beyond me. I don't need some weird naked Mickey Mouse <laughs> on an LSD exactly. trip. <laughs> but if somebody's like, hey, Rob, uh, check out this feature. You're like, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Is Nick Cage in it? Because I'll watch exactly. it for Hate Watch, but right, I will exactly. not, not on my own, watch that. It's like, yeah, my buddy made a feature. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, give me a. Oh, uh, here's the link. Oh, it's so easy now. Exactly. Now he's going to know because there's a view count. Right, so I better exactly. just let it roll in the background. and exactly. I'll stop in and write, no. Oh, God, this is terrible. Okay. Oh, yeah, the cabin yeah. thing was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, just I'll just try to couple. find out what positive things you can. Yeah. yeah, and then just look at some comments. Oh, my God, the light. Yeah, the yeah. lighting was really good. <laughs> yeah, I'd be done with it. Oh. All right. Well, we didn't get to talk about our the best student film. Southland, Southland Tales. Southland Tales. The alumni of the film school I went to uh, yeah. made that one, of course. Which and that was his first student film. John's, uh, John Wood still hadn't been able to see it, but he will see it. I uh, will see it at uh, some point. And we'll talk about a lot about Southland Tales. Absolutely. Um, Can't wait. All right. Thanks for listening. This is Post Apocalyptic. This is Robert. This is John. Have a good one. Oh, <laughs> my